from KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Michael Krasny. The California State University System's incoming chancellor, Joseph Castro, will be the first Californian and the first person of color to head CSU. He grew up not far from Cal State Fresno, where he's been president since 2013. And we'll talk with him about taking over a school system during the pandemic and deep budget cuts. And how his life experience as the first in his Mexican-American family to attend college will inform his priorities for a school system that is 63% people of color, with more than half of the students seeking to be first-generation college graduates. But first, we'll get an update on the glass fire in Napa and Sonoma counties, which is now 5% contained, and find out how it's affecting local air quality next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Firefighters yesterday slowed the growth rate of the glass fire in Sonoma and Napa counties, which has now burned 56,000 acres, and they're expecting to face higher temperatures and windy conditions in the coming days. More than 26,000 structures are threatened by the fire, which is now 5% contained. And joining us with the latest is Dan Brecky, editor and reporter with KQED News, and welcome, Dan. Good morning, Michael. Good morning to you. Uh, it strikes me that this morning marks October 1st and a sobering and hard to grapple with thought that's uh, entered my mind is uh, that we now, uh, as the fire season is officially supposed to begin on October 1st, has doubled uh, the previous records for acreage burn. And let's talk about that and containment first. 1,840 acres just burned overnight in Sonoma and Napa County. So we're at, as I said in the introduction, 56,000. What's the status of containment? Well, they're 5% contained. Um, that's all on the east side of Santa Rosa. There's a lot of work done there by Cal Fire to try to make sure that the uh, uh, fire didn't get any further into residential areas than, than it has. And so they've been pretty successful there. But that leaves the other 95% of the fire lines. And, and we're talking about, you know, just so people can visualize what we're talking about, we're talking about many, many miles, at least 50 or 60 miles of open fire line where, you know, there have been measures taken. There, there are some containment lines that have been created. Uh, uh, there have been firing operations to try to uh, deprive the uh, advancing fire of fuel. But um, those are considered open, open fire lines where the fire is actively burning. And it still is actively burning. And, and given uh, weather conditions uh, today and tomorrow, it's, it's expected to continue to do that. Well, they were trying to get um, the, the, the new fire lines in place last night, I know, uh, before this weather changed and uh, the fire breaks uh, with a limited amount of time. But we're facing higher temperatures, in fact, uh, 100 degree temperatures probably, and drier and windy conditions. Uh, what does that all mean as you see it? Well, it means the potential for a couple of things. One is, um, as I, I just mentioned, uh, very active uh, fire, which means uh, the, the uh, fuel there, which is uh, dense grass to uh, thick brush to, to timber, is all very dry and ready to burn. Um, there's, uh, they, they have something called the probability of ignition. And uh, the probability of ignition is 90%, meaning there's about nine chances in 10 that if an ember is cast uh, across the, uh, a fire line uh, behind where firefighters are, it'll start a fire, a spot fire. 
And then the other condition, the other connected uh, concern to that with the winds coming up is that we've seen several times this year, many times, that uh, high winds can blow embers uh, miles beyond the active body of a fire. And so those are all really concerning things that CAL FIRE crews are going to be really looking out for today. Deeply concerning. Again, we're talking with Dan Brecky, and Dan Brecky is editor and reporter for KQED News. And Dan, I'm wondering what your assessment is of, uh, well, what we're hearing, at least from CAL FIRE. Uh, they're talking about, this is Jonathan Cox of CAL FIRE, says uh, they're going to engage in structure defense in the areas that have been, or the communities that have been evacuated. Uh, you've got a number of uh, structures that are being threatened here. What's, uh, what's the story on that? Well, so the one of the main concerns is a, a town called Angwin. If uh, you go up the Napa Valley and uh, get to uh, get just beyond St. Helena on the east side on the Silverado Trail. There's a, a there are a couple roads you can drive up Howell Mountain Road or Deer Park Road, and eventually you would get up to this uh, little town of Angwin, which is is a is a pretty well known community. Uh, there's a Seventh Day Adventist College there, Pacific Union College, and uh, as well as residences. That town is considered to be pretty well prepared for a fire, and Cal Fire has brought in lots of resources there to both try to steer the fire around the town, uh, you know, through things like firing operations and, and uh, containment lines, and um, they are ready for structure defense up there. The other place I would mention, or a couple of other places I'd mention that are of concern is Calistoga at the head of the valley, uh, you know, just below Mount St. Helena, you know, if the, the wind's turning around today to a northwest wind, um, it's going to gust to 30 miles an hour. The fire weather forecasters are, are careful to say this is not as intense as what we saw the day the fire started on Sunday. But it is a, a, a big concern because it's going to uh, encourage uh, fire growth. And um, so there's concern about Calistoga, and there is also concern at the southern end of the fire where it could be blown, you know, toward the containment line. So there's been a lot of activity, uh, firefighting activity in uh, the Sugarloaf Ridge State Park area, sort of at the southeast end of the fire, and uh, that's above the community of Kenwood. So I think all those places are, are, uh, are places where CAL FIRE is pretty concerned today. The concern also has to do with the fact that the wind and weather are somewhat similar to like when the fire started. Can you say something about what we know about the glass fire? Cal Fire is investigating the origin of that fire. Do we know anything more? Well, you know, I did ask Jonathan Cox about that this morning. And listen, while it's under investigation, uh, they're not going to say anything about uh, to speculate about causes. But, um, you know, all we know at this point is that when the fire was first spotted uh, just before 3.50 a.m. on Sunday, it was already something fully engaged uh, near a place called Bell Reservoir. That's uh, near the Deer Park community. And uh, a, a, a police officer who saw it at that time described it as, you know, very, very large flames and spreading rapidly. That's like your initial report of the fire. So something happened there. The winds were playing uh, a big role in pushing it. And then, you know, the other thing that people are looking at is, um, you know, the Cal Fire made this desperate attempt uh, to, to limit the, the growth of the fire all day Sunday with this massive uh, use of uh, air tankers and helicopters. And they, they kept it, uh, they slowed it up quite a bit. 
they expected it to be limited in growth maybe after dark when it got down to the valley. But then something happened where fires started on the west side of the valley. It could have been embers blowing across, but again, they won't speculate about the cause until it's been investigated. Again, we're talking about the glass fire, and Dan Brecky is with us, editor and reporter for KQED News, and we do invite your involvement in the program. If you would like to join us, uh, you can do so now by, uh, well, actually getting in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or emailing any questions you may have to forum at kqed.org. I want to bring Leslie McClurg into this, and Leslie McClurg is a reporter with KQED Science, and good morning, Leslie. Good morning. Let me actually begin by asking you about air quality in a word. It seems to be the word operating word here is horrible. <laughs> you know, it's all uh, in relative, isn't it? I mean, it, yes, it's horrible. It's not as bad as we saw, you know, earlier this month and in late August. But it, but it is. I should. It depends on where you are. I, where I'm at in Oakland right now, um, it is not nearly as bad as it was. But it is horrific. It is really, really bad. You know, up near the fire, all these places that Dan Brecky just mentioned. You know, up into Santa Rosa, Saint Helena, Sonoma, Napa. Really not good. And it's blowing. You know, across the Central Valley, over through Fairfield and Sacramento. They're not breathing great air, and it is beginning to move down. There are some parts of San Francisco that are not looking great. And where I'm at, like I said, right here in Oakland is. Is not horrible yet, but I noticed uh, the Berkeley Hills, uh, there seems to be some smoke getting trapped up in there. So still kind of depends on where you're at, uh, but it does look like it's going to get quite a bit worse uh, today and tomorrow are going to be our, our, our bad days, really bad days. And then potentially getting better uh, this weekend, obviously, depending on all those factors that, that Brecky just went through in terms of what this fire does. Well, there are a lot of warnings, uh, understandably, about particulate matter and the health threat. Uh, can you give us some advice from your perspective about what people can do about the toxicity and how really to be mindful of it and prophylactic about it? Absolutely. The best kind of rule of thumb is if you walk outside and you smell smoke, then walk back inside. That's my best advice. Um, if you don't smell smoke, then it is a good idea to check because we know it's in the air, you know, to check some of these um, websites that give you a little bit more information and have sensors. Uh, the best website to check probably is airnow.gov. Uh, that's more of the official readings. Uh, there is also purple air, uh, which are more low cost sensors um, that are you know, congregated from, you know, all over the, the area. But again, they're low cost sensors that, you know, anyone can buy. Um, so those are not quite as accurate. Um, either way, if you're seeing things in color ranges, you know, that's how we, how the EPA is, if we know if the air is bad, if you see something in the orange, red, uh, maroon uh, color ranges, definitely good idea to stay inside. And while you're inside, um, it's a good idea if you can to run what's called a HEPA filter. Um, you can even make one of these with a fan and, and, and get a HEPA filter for 15, 20 bucks, um, you know, at a hardware store. DIY, lots of DIY videos on YouTube can explain how to do this. And, you know, just sit tight uh, until the weekend when hopefully it starts to get better. The problem is you've got these microscopic particles in smoke and they can get into your eyes, you can breathe them into your nose, and they can cause anything from sort of minor health issues like burning eyes, runny nose. I tend to get headaches, but they can also trigger, you know, illnesses like bronchitis. And for those folks who are more sensitive who may have pre existing 
pre-existing condition, say like, you know, heart disease or, or lung conditions, um, they're more vulnerable to these little particles and they can irritate uh, the body and even trigger a heart attack. So it's good to take this stuff really seriously. Um, and like I said, stay inside. If you are, do have to go outside, uh, then the best protection you can use is what's called an N95 mask. Um, and you can pick those up at the hardware store. Hopefully there are still some of those uh, around. I'm talking to Leslie McClurg and Dan Brecky, and we're coming up on a break. And when we return, we're going to talk to the new chancellor of 23 CSU universities. Uh, Dan, while I've got you for about less than a minute here, can you say something about resources? Where are we? Yeah, there. Cal Fire says it's got 2,100 firefighters on the line. Um, you know, be mindful that about half those are, are are fighting the fire at any other time. The other half are are sleeping and resting up from this brutal duty that they're they're having to take on here. And uh, the other thing I'd say is um, the National Weather Service is is saying that we may get a break from this weather over the weekend, but in, but through Friday it's going to be tough. Uh, on that note, uh, let me thank you, Dan Brecky. Always good to have you. Thanks for being with us. You're welcome. And thanks, Leslie McClurg. Always good to have you with us as well. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. And uh, yeah, well, we hope for better weather and we hope for certainly better conditions where the, and better containment where the fire is concerned. On that note, uh, we're going to take a break for about 60 seconds. When we return, we're going to meet the new CSU Chancellor. Joseph Castro will be joining us. Stay tuned. I'm Michael Krasny. <laughs> 